Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This hour, it's Let Me Speak to the Governor. Governor Spencer Cox answers questions from KSL. And for you, call now, 801-575-8255. Let Me Speak to the Governor, live from the studios of KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for Let Me Speak to the Governor. I'm Maria Shaleos, along with Utah Governor Spencer Cox. We're taking your calls this hour. Call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can also text us your questions at 57500. Governor, looks like Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, Maria. It's it's so fun to have some snow to uh, celebrate this year. I know, but it just won't stop. I, I I'm... Perfectly fine with that. I think somebody turned on the spigot and we're just going to keep on going. And I, I certainly hope that's the case. We, we've we been very blessed, of course, as, as, as we've talked about many times. We talked about water on uh, on this show and we've had callers call in. And it's great to see a good start to our water year, but it is just a start. We're, we're at about 150% of normal, which is awesome. And it's going to take a couple years like that to, to get us back to normal. But we still have a long period for the water year. It's, it's interesting. Most of our uh, m- most of our snowpack comes during the months of February and, and March and, and into April. Those are those are the the most important months. So this is good, and it's the perfect start. Especially if you like to ski, it's good. But it, it is causing some some issues uh, as your commute. I know both <laughs> you roads, and I yes. t- took a little longer today than, than normal to get in. And I just want to remind people to slow down. Look, our our um, our, our Department of Transportation, UDOT, and our snowplow drivers, cities and counties, the snowplow drivers there, they've been so busy this week. Week, putting in overtime, uh, UDOT alone has cleared uh, over two hundred thousand miles of roads uh, with these storms, and uh, but and yet we have too many people that are driving fast. You, you kind of forget. Um, We've been growing fast as a state. Lots of people moving in. So, you know, we've got 100,000 people that haven't had an early winter like this in Utah. Right. This may be the first time. And some of us have forgotten, apparently, how to drive in the snow. And so we've had over 600 accidents this week. We've had um, you know th- about 1,200 tickets that we've issued for people that are speeding in, in this kind of slick and, and bad weather. And so just want to remind people to slow down. We want you to get there safe. Uh, don't ruin it for the people around you. Uh, you, you want to be alive for Christmas. And, and so please, please, please slow down and, and help our, our troopers who are out there uh, trying to protect us. You have to wonder how bigger vehicles are playing into this because people seem to be buying bigger vehicles. Even though we talk about the high gas prices, I see so many really big trucks on the roads. Um, people like their their big trucks. Yeah, they, they do. And, and, and look, of course, um, th- those type of vehicles do a little bit better in, in the snow, but they do worse on the ice. 
And that's what people don't matter, don't understand, I think, and don't think about. So when you get a cold layer or a slick layer of snow, black ice, it may look fine, but that big vehicle is going to slide and crash even harder than, than a smaller one. And, and that's why, you know, you'll, you'll be driving down the road and you'll see these big trucks and they're going 90 miles an hour when it's, you know, snow packed roads. And that is, that is just not safe. You can't do that. And we're, we're going to enforce it. We're going to pull you over, but uh, unfortunately, you're probably Probably going to get hurt and hurt somebody else along yeah. the way. Even those of us in big trucks can't stop more quickly than anyone else, and the exactly big trucks right. weigh more. They do. So you're so right. They the, slide. The physics further. of it. They slide right. further and harder, and and they just don't slow down as fast as a smaller vehicle. Governor, wanted to talk for a minute about your budget. You just released your budget proposal. It does include a tax cut. Talk about that for a minute. What exactly are you looking at? Yeah, so we've been very fortunate. Uh, we, uh, and, and when I say we, the state of Utah, especially the legislatures, we work together on past budgets. Um, we are very much fiscally uh, responsible. And, and I'll be sharing some more of this uh, later today, tomorrow, talking about what we've done as a state, the decisions we've made over the last couple of years. We've been paying down debt. Um, we have been uh, not budgeting all the money that is projected to come into the state just in case it doesn't show up. Uh, and, and we've been, uh, we, we've been just very cautious with our spending. And, and that is, that has led us to a place where we have significant budget surpluses, uh, which gives us an opportunity to do some great things. One is to, um, is to help our teachers out and, and to fund education higher. And I, I proposed a, a significant increase to teacher funding this year. I think it should be the year of the teacher. We, uh, the funding is not kept up with inflation. It's not kept up the way that it should have with what we're asking them to do. But it also gives us an opportunity to uh, to give a, a significant tax cut to the people of the state of Utah. Now, the, the discussions are ongoing with the legislature, what that will look like. But we are proposing a, a billion dollars. Roughly half of that would be um, in ongoing tax cuts. So lowering the uh, the income tax rate from 4.85 to 4.75, as well as a $250 refundable tax credit credit for dependents. We really want to support families. Um, we're also suggesting kind of a, a first of its kind in Utah, one of the first in the country, um, a, a tax credit for uh, an unborn child. So if we if we truly are pro-life, um, I think we should celebrate that. And I think um, that we should be giving moms uh, a, a tax credit for the time they're carrying that child as well. So that's something we're proposing. And then uh, we're reducing the Social Security tax, eliminating the Social Security tax for all but the most wealthy, and uh, and uh, and then uh, and then a tax rebate. Um, so that that's kind of a one-time tax cut, sending back tax dollars that people have paid, uh, and uh, and giving a significant boost there, a, a minimum of a hundred dollars, um, up to six percent, whichever is higher. And and so we we think this would be a great way to help people, uh, citizens who are facing inflationary costs this year and struggling to get, you know, probably an average of $400 plus back to uh, most taxpayers in the state. Mm -hmm. Talk for a minute about the tax break for pregnant women. Um, is that yeah. something other? I mean, I've never heard about something like that. Is that how unusual is that? Is it something pe others are doing? Yeah, I don't know if anybody else is doing it. This is an idea that we came up with. Uh, and then I, I've heard recently that Georgia may be doing something like this. I'm not I'm not sure. But um, it, it, again, the idea would be, you know, if you have kids, you get uh, you, you get a, a dependent uh, tax credit for having having child two. you get two. you, you add those up. Right. Um, and, and what we would do, um, we, we don't want to make it too invasive. We don't want to make you have to bring 
bring a note from your doctor with your tax return, nothing like that. So, so the way we would do that is for every child born, that family would get two credits that year. So we would just double it up. And, and that also helps with kind of the timing, right? If you're pregnant in the same year the child is born, you'd only get one. But if you're, if you're pregnant in, in November and December and the child's born the next year, then you would get one the year before and the one the next. We want everyone to get this. We, we, we created a new office of family and we're really trying to, uh, to intentionally make sure that Utah is known as the most family friendly state. Uh, we, we've historically led the nation in, um, in, in, uh, in births. Uh, we, we've led the, the nation in family growth. Uh, we're seeing that slow da- slowing down precipitously. And, and we want to make it easier for people to have families here. We know the pressures that couples are facing and families are facing. And uh, we felt this was one area, and there are many others that are in our budget and that you'll see uh, proposals that are coming out during the legislative session. But, but this is a, a very unique one that we, we wanted to celebrate. Are you looking at the sales tax at all? So the, the sales tax, we are having a discussion about the sales tax, um, specifically around food. That's, that's the part that I think is, has historically been the most controversial. Um, it's the one that I've, I've supported removing the, uh, the sales tax on food. Uh, we, we, know that the legislature is starting to exhibit a little more interest in that. They haven't in the past. Um, we don't have it in our budget because we think it's probably a two-year process. And, and that is really looking at our, our the way we, we tax as, as a whole. If you, if you remove a tax one place, what, you know, what does that do somewhere else? We're also looking at transportation tax, right? As, as our cars get more efficient and more and more electric vehicles are on the road, how do we pay for our roads if people aren't paying the gas tax? And so food tax, gas tax, um, the, uh, the income tax and, and the earmark on the income tax that used to only be for education, but now it can be used for some social services as well. Um, is that the right mix? And, and so I suspect that uh, during this legislative session, there will be lots of discussion about about looking holistically and uh, and possibly considering removing the tax on food. Yeah, you talk a lot about tax credits. One of our listeners says, well, what about stimulus checks? Uh, describe how you see that. Yeah, so, so this is very different than stimulus checks. And I, I want to be clear about this. The stimulus checks that the federal government sent to us um, have led to inflation. Because they're printing money and sending you know, sending that out to to us. What we're talking about is th- these are taxpayer dollars that people have paid, um, and, and we're returning it to you. Now, the reason that's not inflationary, unlike the stimulus checks, is because it's it's going to get spent. Uh, I'll spend it as in the state state of government will state of Utah's government will spend it. Or we let the people spend it. Either way, it's going to get spent. So it's not inflationary. I would rather that the people of Utah get that money back in their pockets to spend it how it will help them best. Um, I, I still believe that the people of Utah know how to spend their money better than I do. Um, and and I, 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 I believe that that money will make a difference, again, especially uh, with, the, uh, with the inflation that, that families are facing. It, it just it, It's the right thing to do. It's not inflationary. It's not stimulus. It's just giving you your tax dollars back. It's a tax reduction. And we'll come back with your questions. Thank you for joining us for Let Me Speak to the Governor. Number to call 801-575-8255. You can also text us at 57500. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless 
and I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Get your questions answered by the governor. Call 801-575-8255 to join Let Me Speak to the Governor on KSL News Radio. Thank you for joining us for Let Me Speak to the Governor. I'm Maria Shaleos, along with Utah Governor Spencer Cox. We are taking your calls right now. Also, you can text us at 57500. James, first on on the line this afternoon. And good afternoon, James. Are you there, James? Okay, I'm going to go ahead, Governor, and just ask James's question. Uh, James is wondering about your ban on TikTok for state employees and um, applying that. He's wondering if that applies to personal devices or just the workplace. Uh, talk about that ban and what exactly it does apply to. Sure. Yeah, James, and thanks for calling in and thanks for asking the question. Um, we, we've had some concern for some time about about TikTok for, for various reasons, um, the most important, I think, of which is a national security interest reason. And we, we've recently seen both the FBI and the FCC have said that TikTok does present a national security risk and that those risks outweigh any benefits that we might get from from using the app. And so so what I did through via an executive order, which is kind of the limit of, of my power without legislative authority is just to uh, to ban the app from uh, state-issued devices, so state-issued computers, state-issued uh, t- telephones, uh, tablets, and, and that, of course, applies to the, the executive branch. And uh, the, the, the reason is that we know that, that TikTok um, has a d- direct line to the Chi- Chinese Communist Party, uh, that, uh, that, that they can, they, the Chinese Communist Party can access any data that TikTok has, any personal information. Um, any, uh, 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 any any uh, te- technological information that they have in their IP information, and and, and that's just a they are an adversary right now. Um, the, 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 they they are using that information to uh, to to try to hurt us as Americans, and and so we just couldn't, in good conscience, allow that to continue on on state devices. So uh, again, doesn't impact your personal devices. Although I would say that I have deleted it from my personal devices as well, and I would encourage all Utahns to do it. We we also know that uh, that, that China is using this app in, in a nefarious way um, to to divide us and and make us dumber and uh, to get us uh, to to hurt us in in a social way uh, the algorithms and the the science behind those algorithms um they are, are 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 very harmful, and, and and one of the ways we know this is that they use different algorithms, and they use uh, TikTok very differently in China. Um, they they you don't spend hours a day kind of going down these rabbit holes. Um, the the self harm videos, all the addiction videos, all of these issues that that uh, that we see happening, especially with young people in TikTok, and, and it's too bad because there are some positives to TikTok as well. We have we have our Department of Transportation has had a TikTok account. Um, 
uh, that was one of the most popular in the country, uh, over 100,000 subscribers, millions of views. And it was a great way for us to communicate with the, with the younger generation. But unfortunately, the risks just outweigh it there. And uh, and so we're, we're moving. We're still on other platforms. Uh, you can find UDOT's uh, amazing account on, on Instagram, uh, on, on YouTube, on Facebook. And hopefully we can continue to uh, to communicate using using social media where appropriate. You were anticipating my next question, and that was about UDOT. I'm curious, were there other state agencies? Is this is this impacting any others? Yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, we we had, um, you know, I, I my office had a TikTok account that we used. N- not not a ton of subscribers. Not a, not a huge deal. Um, the other big one that or that at least was growing is uh, the. Uh, the the division of natural resources, uh, the wildlife r- resource piece of this, mm-hmm. we had some we had some great content on there, some great accounts that they would uh, you know filming wildlife out in uh, out in in the state and uh, some of the things they're doing when they're stocking uh, our, our ponds and lakes with fish. Um, some of the videos that were there were, were very popular. We had a um, we have a, a wildlife uh, uh, bridge. Over I eighty um, that is really cool, and we have some cameras up there that would film animals crossing over sure, there. I've so you've seen those, mm-hmm. yeah, and and they're fun. And and again, we'll still show those, just uh, just not via TikTok. Right. So, what other platform do you think is safe? Instagram. Yeah. So look, there are problems with with every platform, and we could spend Maria the whole rest I mean, of the Twitter, time talking like about could, yeah you know. the issues around Twitter and and Facebook and, and some of the damage they're doing. Um, I, I've spoken about this, and and uh, we're gonna have some legislation. I'll actually be putting on a symposium. We'll talk about that more in in January with national experts around the dangers of social media and our young people, um, and and how we should moderate that and uh, and and use it wisely and. And so there, there are better ways to do that. But um, it, it, it would seem, of course, that, that Instagram uh, is 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 one of the maybe maybe better platforms. There's still a lot of issues with with our young people. Again, if you're getting the right content in the right places, it can be like, like any other tool. It can be used for good or, or used for evil. We need to develop an app just for state government. Yeah, yeah. So we we do have some state government apps that that we use for different things, and 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 one of the one of the things that our our technical team and our innovation team is working on is is to try to make uh, state government more accessible for people. We want to have kind of uh, if you think of maybe Amazon, right? You've got uh, behind the scenes, you've got thousands and thousands of different sellers and websites, but but for the user, you log on to one website and it's all right there. We we want to do the same thing for the state of Utah with an app and a website so that you can just log on. Most Utahns don't know the difference between the Department of Natural Resources and uh, the Department of Public Safety and the, you know, the, the DWS. It, these mean a lot to me, these differences, but not to the average person. Uh, and so if you have to go to five different websites to do five different things, we're trying to change that. Um, we would like it so you could just go to the state of Utah's website or the app and in the same space, you would be able to renew your driver's license and buy your fishing license and, uh, and, 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 you know, pay a, a, a ticket or, or um, look at, at at some services that you're receiving and have it all in the same place. That's kind of the, the holy grail for, for me and, and the innovation folks, and that's something we're, we're working on right now. Okay, let's go back to our phone lines and see if we can connect with Dean this time. Uh, good afternoon, Dean. What is your question for the governor? My question is, in the Uinta Basin, we have a proposed railway that is to run 88 miles to haul out 
Utah's heavy oil from the Uinta Basin for export and first refining. Uh, what is the governor's position on the future of this railway since uh, there is a movement now in the U.S. Department of Agriculture to uh, delay it? Yeah, Dean. Thank you for the for the question. So, um, I've I've always been very supportive of this project. It's actually something that uh, that that people in the basin have been working on for a long time. We were able to find some uh some some details, some news articles that went back. Uh, gosh, I want to say almost a hundred years. Uh, working on on this uh, this Uinta Basin Railway project, we're we're very excited. We know that businesses not not just uh, the the um, oil piece of this, but businesses want to operate in the basin and. And transportation has always been an issue. So the Uinta Basin Railway would provide the basin with this uh, this great opportunity to help them diversify their economy, uh, to to provide infrastructure to businesses to locate there. We think that this would be very, very good for the basin and the communities. And so do the people that, that live in the basin. And that's one of the reasons that we have been, uh, we have been so supportive. We do know that um, oil operators can produce more oil than Utah refineries are able to take on. And so this allows them an opportunity, uh, again, as we look at high ga- gas prices right now, uh, as we look at national security, uh, while we, we are looking at new renewables all the time, um, we, we will still be using oil for the foreseeable future and an opportunity to get that to refineries so that we can help reduce prices uh, across the country, which is a, a great deal. Uh, and, and the Biden administration has been very supportive. Um, I, I, have to, I have to give uh, uh, kudos to Secretary Vilsack and his team. Um, who uh, who have approved the next phase of this project moving forward, and so we are uh, we are very very excited, and uh, we look forward to moving forward as quickly as we can on that project. All right, thank you for your call. Uh, we have a couple of minutes before we go to the bottom of the hour news, Governor. The next person is concerned about our roads and why our roads are in such bad shape. They say, why are they so bad? Well, that's a good question because um, the, uh, the the national groups that look at roads actually have Utah as one of the one of the five best states in the nation for uh, for, for roads. And so, if, if we're talking about the the condition of roads now, obviously that will that will be different from every city and, and town. So, if you're talking about state roads, uh, we, we we do a pretty good job, and we've invested significant money, a uh, billion dollars last year and, and the year before in infrastructure, specifically around roads and and making sure that our our, our roads are well kept. It is harder in the uh, in these these high mountain states because of of temperature variations. So uh, the heating and cooling is is very bad for roads. Um, those cracks grow and uh, potholes grow, and so we have to do more than other states that don't have these types of weather variations to uh, to keep our roads uh, to, to keep our roads going. So r- really proud of the work that they're doing there. Now, what, what I will say is, and and where we've struggled is getting funding to our local cities and towns uh, for road upkeep. And, and the smaller the city and town, the harder it is, the less funding that they have as it gets more and more expensive to keep our roads up. And so we've proposed uh, the, the last couple years some some increases for infrastructure spending in our rural cities and towns. Uh, the, the legislature this past year um, d- agreed to do more of that. And so uh, so we will be getting more money. More money is now, starting in July, starting to go to our cities and towns to, uh, to, to help with road upkeep. But it, it is a constant battle. Um, you have to cons- 
consistently and constantly uh, chip seal roads uh, to keep them going because if you, if you miss a year, you get a little behind, they deteriorate very quickly, uh, again, because of the temperature variation. And I think we see it more this time of year when the plows are also, you know, putting wear and tear on those. Yeah, there's, there's no question because yeah. now, now the freezing is happening and you're scraping them, right? And so if there was a weak part in the road it's and, and it's freezing, all of a sudden it pops out and now you've got a new pothole that you have to fill. And, and that means, again, construction cones and, and shutting down traffic to be able to do that. So it, it will always be a battle. But, uh, but, but again, the, the national rankings would say that we do it as well here as anywhere else in the country. All right. We'll take a break for the bottom of the hour news. Come back with more of your calls and your questions. Number to call 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. hour. It's Let Me Speak to the Governor. Governor Spencer Cox answers questions from KSL. And for you, call now 801-575-8255. Let Me Speak to the Governor, live from the studios of KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good afternoon. I'm Maria Shaleas, along with Utah Governor Spencer Cox. Again, taking your text questions as well at 57500. Back to our phone lines, though. Christine is in Mapleton. Good afternoon, Christine. What is your question? Christine, can you hear us? Uh, She left really quick, but I can ask. Go ahead. Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, If there's a... Three billion surplus in tax. Do you think we're taking too much tax? Thank you. That's a, that's a very good question. And the answer is yes. And and that's why I mentioned the uh, the proposal for some ongoing tax cuts. And so that would that would lower the income tax rate uh, from four point eight five percent down to four point seven five percent. We we also propose eliminating for for most retirees the, uh, the the tax that they're paying on Social Security right now. And, and and yes. So the answer is yes. We we do believe that we should be collecting less tax. And then again, refunding some of that tax that we have already collected. Uh, and we want to be really thoughtful about this. We, we want to be careful to, we're trying to understand what's happening in the economy right now. Uh, we, we do know that there are some economic headwinds out there for sure. Uh, as as the, the Federal Reserve continues to raise interest rates, uh, we're, we're seeing uh, spending slowing down. Uh, the, 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 we're seeing uh, the, the housing market is, is, is very stagnant right now because of the, the high interest rates. And of course, the price of housing is too high, which is another issue that we're working on with the legislature this session. And, and, and so we, we want to make sure that we understand what, what's real. So this is something we've been doing. And I want to go back. Um, the past two years, we've actually been reducing taxes uh, and uh, about $300 million in total. Um, last year, we took the uh, the income tax from 4.95 down to 4.85. And again, now we're pro- Proposing going from 4.85 to 4.75, and we want to keep lowering that as as we are, are being fiscally responsible, and we're understanding that right balance and how to get more money back to the people of the state of Utah. So it's a, it's a long answer to a short question, but the answer is yes. We think we are collecting a little too much, and we should be returning that to and and lowering those collections going forward. 
All right. Thank you for your question today. We have a lot of questions about taxes. Uh, one of them, Governor, this person says uh, their property taxes were crippling this year. Uh, the assessment was made during the summer and inflation. Uh, by November, all the properties had lost value. They say, why not cut property taxes? Yeah, yeah. So we, we want to do that as well. That's one of the proposals that, that I hadn't shared. Now, property tax is a little different, different, and, and it's really interesting. And I, I don't want to get too wonky, but I do want to explain what happens. So normally what happens in a year is you have a property tax number that uh, that your municipality, uh, th- those different taxing entities, the, your school district are able to collect. Okay, and then what happens is you add up the value of all of the the homes and businesses in the area, and you just divide that up by by the number that they can collect, and then you get your tax rate, and that's how that that works. Um, and, and so normally, if values go up, your taxes don't necessarily go up unless the entities raise the tax rate. So they have a truth in taxation hearing at the, your local school district or um, at the uh, or the city, uh, county, and uh, and that's how that works. Now, let me tell you why you saw your taxes go up so much um, in the absence of those things happening. What happened that was different this year is the price of housing went up more than the price of, of businesses. Okay, so when when you're looking at commercial real estate, the price of commercial real estate did not go up. In fact, it went down a little bit as more people are working from home. Commercial real estate uh, did not did not explode the way the price of housing did. And so it shifted that proportion when those when everything was added up at the end of year and those divisions were made. Even if your city wasn't bringing in more money from taxpayers, um, it got shifted from businesses to uh, to uh, to residential. And that's why most people saw saw the biggest increases. And so there, there's a couple things that we are doing in our budget. We are proposing a, a one-time reduction in uh, in property taxes. I, I, I don't have the numbers right in front of me. Uh, so about $130 million, I think, maybe 127 is the number that's sticking out in my head. Um, we are also ending. We, we did have a, a levy freeze for five years that, that allowed local school districts to get more taxes as, uh, as property taxes went up. That freeze will end, and we are not supporting it going forward. And so that will stop those from from moving up in the in the future. So that that's just sorry. It's a brief explainer, but I think it's important for people to understand. And we agree that we need to lower some property taxes, and, and hopefully things will even out uh, in, in the coming year. Uh, next person is chiming in that it's just too expensive to buy homes. Period. They're saying the average home price four hundred ninety two thousand. Potential payment if you put down twenty percent. Is thirty three hundred dollars? Yeah, that, that's right. And and this is when people ask, you know, kind of what is worrying you? What keeps you up at night? What's the biggest issue you're focused on? Of course, water is one of those, but this is the other one: the price of housing. It is too expensive in the state of Utah. And I've said this many times, but this is a supply side issue. We, if you want to reduce the price of housing, um, you have to create more houses. Period. That that's that's the only way to do it. And sometimes government makes it harder uh, to build houses, and we add to the expenses of houses. Right, all of the fees that we charge, um, the the way we zone different areas, uh, the the time it takes for uh, for cities and and towns to to process um, the, the 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 applications for for new housing, all of these things over time add up and make it more difficult. Now, the the price of housing is starting to come down in the state of Utah, but it's coming down because interest rates are so so high that nobody can buy a house. So we are seeing it come down, but that's not the right way to do it. That's artificially destroying demand. We want to increase supply. So there is a big bill that we are working on with the legislature right now. We do have some funding in our um 
in in our uh, our budget for uh, for helping first time t- uh, uh, home buyers, uh, specifically for veterans, firefighters, uh, and teachers. We've already done this with public safety. Those those occupations that are so important in our state, uh, we 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 have some some funds that we're asking the legislature to give us to help help those first time home buyers get into a home in in those professions. Uh, but but for everyone else, we're working on this bill that that uh, that will help make it easier uh, to build more housing in the state of Utah and, and in the end reduce the, the price of housing. I say this all the time. In Utah, we want our kids and grandkids to live near us. We don't want them to live with us. And the only way we can do that is if we are lowering the price of housing. Next listener wants to talk about the state flag. They say, please don't change the state flag. We actually like our heritage and we don't want it changed Please listen to the, what the people want, and they just wanted us to share that with well, you. I, well, I appreciate that, and I'm glad you like the state flag. I'm so glad because I talk to people all the time who say, I love the state flag. And I'm like, oh, you fly the state flag? And they're like, no. I'm like, do you, do you own a state flag? No. You know, do, you, do you show the state flag in any way? No. Uh, and, and here's the cool thing about the state flag. It is not going away. It is not, no, no matter what the legislature does, it, it is not going away. Um, that flag will stay. Um, if the legislature decides to adopt uh, the, the, the new proposal the new state flag then our existing state flag will will continue uh, it, it will either be called the, it will be called something like the, the governor's flag or the legacy flag it will be used at, 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 at important occasions anyone can still fly that flag um, it will still be part of who we are now it is important people talk about our history and our heritage with that flag mm-hmm. all the time it was never meant to be our state flag it was not supposed to be our state flag they needed a flag for uh, for the world's fair and uh, the governor and legislature couldn't figure out how to how to do a flag. So what they did is they just took our state seal and put it on a blue background. So that is our state seal. And our state seal is not going anywhere. That will continue to be our state seal. Um, you can use the state seal. It's, it's a great state seal. It is part of our history and our heritage. And our state seal is very, very important. We have never, though, had a public process where the public had an opportunity to decide what they want their flag to be. This is the first time we've ever been able to do that. I, I appreciated uh, Senator Mike Lee, who came out today on Facebook and said he was really excited about the, the new proposed state flag and can't wait to see it waving across the, the state. So obviously there are people with different opinions. If you like it, let your uh, state legislator know. If you hate it, let your state legislator know, because ultimately they will be making that decision. Right. OK, let's take a break. We'll be back with more of your calls and questions. Number for you to call us, 801-575-8255. Phone lines are open. You can also text us at 57500. Your questions answered by the governor. Call 801-575-8255 to join Let, Let Me Speak, speak to, to the governor. governor on KSL News Radio. Thanks for spending your noon hour with us. Governor Spencer Cox, along with me, Maria Shalas. We're taking your calls, 801-575-8255. You can also text us your call, your questions at 57500. Let's go back to our phone lines. Travis is in Saratoga Springs. Good afternoon, Travis. Good afternoon. What is your question? Uh, I'm wondering, uh, has the state kind of get up with the times on, are we going to allow lottery in here instead of all that money going to the state surrounding us, as well as online sports betting? Um, That seems to be a big thing across the country as well, with states allowing online sports betting. 
Yeah, Travis, thank, thank you for the question. This is one I, I, I've gotten often, and uh, and and I have to say, I, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Uh, there there doesn't seem to be a, a, any appetite from from the legislature to change the uh, the laws around the lottery or uh, around sports betting. I, 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 again, that that could happen at some point. I. I think, and I, I may be wrong, it would probably take a constitutional change on the betting side of things, uh, which would uh, which would take both the legislature and uh, and a vote of the people. But I, I'm not hearing any traction from the uh, from the legislature on that. I, I always said that a, a lottery is just a tax on people that are bad at math, um, but uh, but that it, it's it's very popular. Uh, of course, sports betting is is getting uh, extremely popular. I, I I have to admit, I, I worry about that too. Um, the the sports betting that that is happening uh, all online obviously we're seeing it being targeted at college students um and uh, we we find more and more people getting into into trouble uh it, having a casino in your pocket uh, can be very dangerous for people that have uh, a propensity towards uh, some of that addictive behavior and uh, there there are lots of uh, lots of social reasons not to do it i understand the financial reasons to do it and uh, and i'm sure this is a debate that we'll be having for many years to come Governor, next listener wants to know, how about taking the state tax off of Social Security benefits as so many elderly are struggling financially? Yeah, so we, we've already done that. Uh, we've we've actually, over the past two years, and we're proposing it a third year, we've been removing the tax on Social Security. And and we've been doing it by um, by, by by taxpayer uh, deciles. So, so, so basically, um, those at the lower income scale have already had their tax on Social Security removed um, over, over the past two years. And uh, we're we are proposing to do even more of that this year. So so basically, we would end up that uh, that oh, that only um, oh, only the most wealthy would still be paying a tax on Social Security, uh, not not those who are on a fixed income. And uh, this is a, this is a really big deal for our state and something that I've been pushing hard to do. And and we've been fortunate that the legislature has agreed the past two years. And uh, I'm hopeful they'll they'll continue to uh, to agree with me on removing that tax. Uh, the next person says uh, the Anaheim Angels are currently up for sale and want to sell before spring training starts. Who do you know and what can you do to make this happen? Uh, Utah needs baseball. <laughs> well, I, I agree and uh, I, I would love to get baseball here. Uh, I, I can tell you that uh, there there have been conversations about baseball moving into the state for, for many years uh, now and uh, I, I don't know that the conversations with the Anaheim Angels are, are going anywhere. Certainly I, I haven't heard that uh, I, I I would be a little surprised if we were able to get the Angels here, uh, but uh, but but I again I know that that conversations with Major League Baseball have been happening for many years, both at the the state level and uh, with some of our um, s- some of our, our our folks in Utah who um, have the means to potentially bring uh, a, a, an entity here to the state of Utah. But I, I haven't heard anything out of Anaheim that would lead me to believe that they are they are coming to Utah. All right, Marie is next on the line in Sandy. Good afternoon, Marie. What is your question? Yeah, I just had a quick question about um, the density of all these apartments that are being uh, built and everything. I'm just wondering what you guys are doing to regulate that because it it feels like it's too claustrophobic because I feel like Utahns are losing the way of life that we have and with the strong growth that we're having. Um, I just wanted to see uh, what's going, uh, how you guys are handling that because I'm tired of seeing all the apartments and high rises. Yeah, sure. Marie, thank you. Um, look, uh, what, there, there's a couple things that I think are really important, and that is that we need more housing in Utah. And, and when I see, say we mean, 
need more housing. We need more of all of it. We need more single family dwellings. We need more apartments. We need more density. We need more high end housing, middle income housing, low income housing, deeply affordable housing. We need all of those different things. And, uh, and there, there will be density in Utah. Uh, you, you might not like it, but lots of people do. And, and that's the way the free market works, um, is that people get to decide where they live and, and how they live. And, and if you want your kids and grandkids to live here at all, then you better be in favor of density. Uh, because that is the only way that that is, is going to happen. But here's the thing, and this is what I want to be very clear about. Um, you don't put density where there isn't infrastructure. That's when you see the quality of life start to erode. And so we are working with, with cities and towns to make sure that we're putting density in the right places. Um, it should not be all apartments. Uh, it should not be all high rises. Uh, that would be a mistake and a mistake that some other places have made as well. And so you're right on that point that we we should not just have high rises we need to make it so that we can have single family dwellings um and that they can be more affordable and that's one of the things that we're proposing and we're working on with the league of cities and towns so that we can have more of that but density in the right place absolutely matters We we are also proposing uh to help some of these cities and towns that are starting to grow very quickly that at the state level we would put some planning resources so that we can help those cities and towns understand where they should put density and where they shouldn't put density and uh, and 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 making sure that the rules are fair for everyone so that there's a place for everyone to live so we can get this right we can do density in a way that doesn't erode the quality of life that you can still if you don't want to live in an apartment you don't have to live in an apartment but we need places for seniors to live who don't want to keep up a big yard and a big home uh, and and a place for newlyweds to live for students to live and and then those of course that are in their their middle middle ages and uh, and are raising families so that they have a place to live as well. We can do this the right way in the state of Utah. Okay, let's go back to the phone lines again. Um, Matt is in Syracuse. And Matt, what is your question? Yes, hi. Um, Governor, uh, I'm an Uber Lyft driver, and so I go across the state, uh, retired military, went through 48 states uh, driving. And one thing here that I've uh, discussed with some passengers is the, and KSL did a report about us having bad drive, the worst state for drivers. My biggest thing that I think is that um, the lanes that y'all that, that put down, DLT puts down, um, they aren't shiny. So when we have bad inclement weather or foggy, that kind of stuff, people can't see where they're going. Um, is it true that there was some chemical that was removed um, because of that? Or, you know. Yeah. Somebody yeah. removed that, that chemical? Matt, thank you for the question. I'm, I'm not sure uh, about the chemical piece, but but let, let me tell you, I hear you loud and clear. And uh, when I became governor, this was this is one of my top priorities uh, to, to try to fix this issue because I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, it, it's a really big deal. Now, we have done some things in the past that didn't work. And uh, they because of the snow and the snow plows, we tried some different things and they just didn't hold up. Very expensive and uh, and and just didn't work. But but 
but what I can tell you is that we actually have a, uh, a statewide project that is beginning next year that will address striping on all of our major freeways aqu- across the Wasatch Front. We have $26 million um, that we have set aside for uh, for this statewide project, again, that is going to, to begin next year. And, and what we've been doing, we are testing about 100 different lane marking products in a test uh, area right now on I-84 near Tremont. Uh, it's it be, because again, we, we want to try to get this right and, and, and not spend a whole bunch of money and then have it just be completely wasted, which has been done in the past. And, uh, and so we're, we're excited about these, these 100 different products that we're, we're using right now. Uh, we're going to see what works during the, these winter months and, uh, and then we will be ready to go next year and start putting those on our freeways so that, so that when it rains and you don't lose those lines, uh, it, it doesn't become more of a hazard. We're, we're, we're really excited. We think we can, this, this should significantly improve the lane markings on the road going forward. So, um, so, so stay tuned and just know that you're, uh, you're hopefully going to see a, a big change next year. Okay, just one last question because we're almost out of time. Uh, next listener wants to know when are you going to put a road or a bridge over Utah Lake? Ooh, well, uh, that's that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I, I can tell you that these are conversations that have been had now for for, for the last ten years plus. Um, they are conversations that are still ongoing. I, I saw our new growth figures uh, last uh, last uh, last week, mm-hmm. and Utah County is is still um, one of the fastest growing counties in in our state. It, uh, I think it was maybe second. Iron County is growing really quickly too, uh, and and we know that that growth, most of that growth, is happening on the west side of uh, of Utah Lake and uh, we have to continue to enhance transportation uh, options over there. So I, I don't know exactly when it will happen, but uh, but I suspect that at some point we will see uh, we will see transportation over Utah Lake. Governor, have a Merry Christmas and we'll talk to you next time. Thank month. you, Maria. Merry Christmas to you too. And thanks for listening to Let Me Speak to the Governor. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.